0: Bing bong baby bing
1: bing bong bong biddy 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 Wow very jazzy today. I know
0: they're getting more and more jazzy, have you noticed? Mm, not really
1: my thing. You know the thing about uh jazz is.
0: What do you do you like once more like this? Bing, 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 bing. Bing bing bing. Yeah. I have
1: a Rocky-esque recommendation today. It's actually a poem. Uh, No, it's not a poem.
0: Is the one that I've already read before.
1: Hey, listen, I just want everybody to know that I knew Claire had already read the poem. It was a prank and you all Uh, got pranked and it wasn't me that forgot. (laughs) I actually got all of you. The the
0: trickiest part about that whole situation was that I was almost not going to say anything because I no, just you was gotta... so excited that you brought a poem in and that you liked You resonated with the poem and I was like, fine. I'm just, it doesn't matter. It was a long time ago. You will not it's fine. But then when you started going how much you love Twitter for, for like giving you, you a fabulous you couldn't poem. couldn't
1: give Twitter the credit that it deserved.
0: <laughs> but no, yeah. I bloody couldn't. Elon musking it around here. Well, he doesn't own Twitter. Oh, he doesn't anymore, does he? Or at all, he never did. Tried no. though, who knows? Who anyway. knows what's
1: going on there? Let's not talk about it.
0: Let's uh, it. so Claire
1: on this show. I say to you, have you got a recommendation? And you say yes.
0: I haven't done my intro for the show yet. And
1: then you say to me, oh, have Lord. you got a recommendation? Yes. And I say yes. And yes. then we do that two times each and then the show ends. Yeah. Should we follow that formula this week?
0: No. Well, you forgot the part where you make fun of me and I make fun of you and then it gets derailed by something and occasionally yep, yep. I sing a song. Like I think mainly we, you just say you hate everything. People
1: know that. All <laughs> of that was in the preamble, like the well, subtext, the way it can started. Can I just the introduce singing, the show? The way we're talking at the same time.
0: Can you stop, can you stop talking over me for one goddamn second, <laughs> just in case you're new to this show? Hello. Welcome to Suggestible, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch and listen to. Mm. My name is Claire Chotty. James Clement is here also, unfortunately. <laughs> I said all this. <laughs> we are we married. All this already. You did not. I you just said some weird thing about back and forth. You didn't mm. actually say what the show was called.
1: That's what a podcast is. All right. It's banter. It's a bit no, of this. No, everyone hates that.
0: It's a bit of this. I oh, love ha- banter. No, everyone's like, just stop in self-indulging your self-indulgence and, like, get on with your actual jobs. <laughs> that
1: is actually true. Uh, Claire, <laughs> speaking of, what is the recommendation that you have this week?
0: Oh, you can go first this time. I went first last time.
1: Great. This one's called Hustle. Wow. It's a movie. <laughs>
0: so aggressive. Stars
1: Adam Sandler and a name I'm going to um, try and but still fail. Juancho Hernan Gomez. Right? Professional basketball player from Spain, uh, who also stars in this movie. Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, Robert Duval. Uh, you might know Robert Duval from the movie The Sixth Day, the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, clone movie. Have you ever yes, seen that that's... movie? And no. that's the only movie that I remember that he's been in. I see. Uh, no, he's a, he's a very famous and well known actor. I wonder
0: actor. if there will be a day where you ever say, have you seen this movie? And I say,
1: yes. His hero, he was the original Frank Burns in the MASH movie. Oh, well, I do know that. the TV series. Okay. I believe. He I was see. also in The Godfather, one of them or two of them. Uh,
0: I have a horse head in my garden. That's basically uh, the famous garden. It's in the bed. Tony, there's a horse head in my bed. Tony,
1: <laughs> is this your horse
0: head? I'm in a restaurant. I'm eating some pasta on a checkered tablecloth. That was that's the movie. Such haunting
1: scenes. <laughs> uh, so, after a down on his like basketball scout,
0: Luke, that... I am your father. Oh no,
1: that's the wrong. <laughs> that's the
0: wrong movie. Luke, <laughs> pass uh, me the
1: spaghetti. Yeah, My meatball rolled off the table. <laughs> after a down on his like basketball scout discovers an. Ext- I saw a bit today from Pete Holmes <laughs> from a few years back. It was like the only people we can be racist <laughs> to now are Italians, and it's true. You can yeah. just be openly racist against Italian and everyone's can. like, it's fine.
0: Mamma mia. Yeah. I, know I
1: mean, you you're saying. Italian.
0: Yeah, I so am. So fine. technically, I'm allowed. I don't know and, and I
1: might be Italian because I'm a fucking must. So I don't know. No,
0: you're definitely not an Italian. Nah. So you don't have a, an Italian bone in that body of yours, mate. I can tell. Mm. Your little stomach only handles potatoes.
1: That is true. Anyways, after. Also,
0: going to Ireland, basically every second person looks exactly like you. It
1: felt They're good. your
0: people. It felt Miserable, good. pale. Kind of like intense eyes. What are you you saying
1: about the Irish people? (laughs) You cannot be racist against the Irish. Anyways, after a down and his like basketball scout discovers an extraordinary player abroad, so that's Adam Sandler, who's the basketball Uh scout, he brings the phenomenon back without his team's approval. So his job as a 50-plus-year-old man Mm -hmm. is to scout Mm -hmm. the country and the world Mm -hmm. for potential NBA draft picks. Right. right? I see. He works for a uh, basketball company, which I believe they're called. Uh, they're the Seventy Sixers, um, And Robert Duvall, his boss, is like, there's a horse head in my bed and I'm going to make you an assistant coach. And he's like, thank God. I don't have to go <laughs> run around the world anymore. I want to hang out with my family, including Queen Latifah and our kid, and, and I just want to stop eating hotel food, right? But then Robert Duvall dies and his son takes over. This happens very early. And then he's back on the road, which is where he finds this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So but the way he comes across him because normally he'll go to like a like a game or like a local game or whatever. But he comes, just happens across a street, just some street ball, some street balling. And he sees this guy and he's like, what the hell is this? Like he's just an absolute, well, he's, he's called like a unicorn, a freak. Like the fact that that he's been missed, uh, it's just, it's very unusual that you come across a person like Who this. Who is that? Yeah, with like Skills. the height and, because like height and skill, they very rarely correlate uh, as we've seen in uh, a bunch of kids, if you've ever seen a bunch of kids running around, and there's a really tall one who's just like, Ugh, <laughs> ah, you know. Anyways, right. uh, so he's basically giving this kid a chance to play in the NBA, and the, the actor who plays him is he's a, he's a real NBA player, and he wants to, and, which would then raise him and his family out of poverty, and also uh, basically give, give Adam Sandler's character the opportunity to like do something he's always wanted to do, like coach a team, and basically bring this this guy who's you know. He's a, he's a nice guy as well, like in, into, the, into the big leagues, Claire. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, of course, he's completely out of his depth because he's like he's a kid that like, you know, he hustles in, in street ball. Like that's his kind of thing. Like he has the ability. But, you know, you know the, everybody in the NBA is phenomenal. Even if you play on a team and you don't get any court time, you still get a, a, an incredible salary and you're one of the best players in the world, you know, regardless. So even the worst player is, is leagues better than, than anybody else. But look, Claire, it's got heart. It's got montages. Ooh, I it's love montages. It's got montage. redemption. Ooh. It's got comeuppance. Ooh. It's also by Happy Madison, uh, who you might know, Adam Sandler's production company, who've just been increasingly making the worst movies you've ever seen <laughs> uh, over the past 20 or so years. But, of course, Adam Sandler, is, he's amazing. Like, he really is. He's an amazing, like, creative person. And he's even his comedy movies like they're not for me, but pe- you know, but people like them. They make mm. people happy. And this is uh, this is obviously a more serious, uh, seriously timed movie, but it's also it's very funny as well. He's been uh, doing interesting stuff. Well, he did. You saw Uncut Gems, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's amazing. Like he's an incredible actor. Like he re- and, and like a writer, he's, he is. He's, he's, he's a... I
0: love the Wedding Singer. Yeah, Joe no, Barrymore.
1: no. He's, he has made great comedies Brilliant. as well. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. And he's like funny and you know various things and whatever. But it is like what's also strange is it's a Netflix original. And it's very good, and those things don't. That often, is almost like uh, the unicorn. That is a unicorn of movie.
0: Yeah. To be
1: honest, so look, if you're like you know, if you like sports movies or if, you know motivational movies or just a good light, fun, good time, it's not like like you kind of know where it's going because it's you know it's that kind of formula that you you're used to, redemption and sport and doing a big space jam, all of those things. But there's
0: something really lovely about those sports Yeah, definitely. I love that. And
1: this is a really good one. So I think Mm. uh, Hustle, I believe it's called, on Netflix. Hustle. Hustle. No, it's Hustle. 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 Spanish.
0: Hustle. Hustle Hustle. Hustle. Hustle on the Hustle. Yes. All right. Excellent. I'm trying to think of other sporting movies that I've really much enjoyed, a league of their own. Obviously, I've never seen a League of Their own. No,
1: actually, Gina
0: Davis? that's not true. I have Madonna? seen it, but I saw it like 40 years oh, ago. Oh, it's so even good. Even though I'm not 40. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm, Tom Hanks I'm as well. It holds Madonna,
1: up. did you say? Yeah, Madonna. Yeah.
0: it's so good. Yeah. It's, I mean, I Gina Davis. I heard is they were going to do a sequel brilliant. to that, I
1: heard.
0: I heard that too vaguely somewhere. Rosie O'Donnell
1: was in it as well. Yes. Is that right? Yes, it's yeah. so
0: good. I mean, I I haven't seen it in a, in a few years, but I, I I think it holds up. I'm pretty sure it holds up. One, so of my, one of my
1: favourite sports movies is, um, did you see, have you seen Warrior? It's about the MMA and it's got Joel Edgerton in it and he's an MMA fighter. Yes, I
0: have seen that. Very, I really I mean, apparently if you that. know anything
1: about MMA, it's like, it's nonsense. Terrible. But uh, I there's think it's great. There's
0: another fight movie too about that, like a boxing one.
1: Well, Halle Berry just did one called Bruised, which is apparently pretty oh, good And there's well. the one
0: with Sandra Bullock is the coach.
1: Oh, uh, that uh, one. One? No, no, I was thinking of um, Million Dollar Baby.
0: No, it's that's not, no, but that's a good movie, too. What's the one with when she's the coach? Do you know what? This isn't a movie. Not The Blind Side, is it? Yes. It's isn't that like really bad and problematic? No, I think it's supposed to be really I think good. it's
1: about like a white woman, like saving a black oh, kid or something, is it? isn't
0: it? Actually, I haven't seen it, but yeah. I heard it was really yeah. good. Okay. Maybe it's terrible. Do you know what I did remember? Remember really the enjoy? Titans? Yes, I love Remember the Titans. Also, Friday Night Lights. Not a, f- a movie, a TV series. No, it is a movie.
1: It was a movie and then it was oh, a TV really? series. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't think the movie's I, The movie's good, but I think the series is oh, better. Oh, the
0: series. Connie Britton in that. Her hair alone deserves an Oscar. My goodness. So great. But that is a really cool sporting movie. It's got that redemption arc thing. And also Ted Lasso.
1: Oh, yeah. It's getting one more season, I believe. Love that? that. Oh, I love there's a Keanu Reeves movie from the 90s called The Replacements. Yes. Where they get a bunch of reject NFL players to play because all, all the teams go on strike. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, they should go on strike because they should pay these people properly. And at the time it's framed as like these selfish athletes. <laughs> Look at them wanting more money from the NFL. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they should. But it, it's got like um it's got Gene Hackman and it's got Reese Ephens. You know him? Ah yes. The guy from Four Weddings, not Four Weddings, the one with Julia Roberts. And he's the housemate with you. Gra- Notting oh, Hill. He's
0: Hill, yes. In it. It's
1: great. It's ridiculous, but I love
0: it. Oh, cool. All yeah. right. Anyways, what's that.
1: your All movie? My last go? two
0: favorite sports movies before I move on. Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Mighty Did you watch Ducks the Ducks series?
1: There was a series on. Um, no, I did not. There's a recent series, and it brings back a bunch of the people from the original, oh. including Milo Estevez. And what's her name from Gilmore Girls? The,
0: oh, Lorelei. Yeah, she's I in I love it well. her. Oh, so good. All right, cool. And also the other one I like is Cool Runnings. So. Aqua oh, cool Runnings is great. Bloody classic. Love that. All right, my turn. I'm so excited. I don't know. The
1: if... Goon movies are good as well. Anyway, sorry, go on.
0: What's the Goon movie?
1: Uh, it's about um, – it's got Stifler from the Mighty Ducks. Ah, the Mighty yes. Ducks from American Pie. Ah. And he's a hockey player, but his job is just to, to fight people on the ice. Oh, that's... It's really good. Both <laughs> of them are really good. I think they're <laughs> right. both terrific. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right. Okay. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers from last week – I talked briefly that Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton, her popular 2018 oh, yes. memoir is being turned into a TV series and it is officially out on BBC iPlayer and also all the episodes are currently on Stan, which is not an ad. Officially. Just, it's just a public service announcement if you're living in Australia and want something cool to watch. So I have been so excited for this as a lot of millennial women have been who have been sure. big fans of that book and also her second book, Ghosts, very excellent. So Ooh. this this follows the story sort of loosely and it's actually really interesting. It's clearly slated for more than one series because they've only done part of the story okay. in this in this first series. How, how series.
1: much of the book would you say?
0: I'd say it's probably the first third.
1: Oh, that would make at least.
0: More (laughs) series, Yeah, exactly. (sighs) Anyway, so the storyline goes, Maggie and Bertie, besties since school, finally land in London to live at large. When the unexpected happens, dependable Bertie gets a steady boyfriend. Gross. A generous, funny, warm-hearted and uplifting sex in the city for millennials, which covers bad dates and squalid flat shares, heartaches and humiliations and most importantly, Unbreakable Female Friendships. Oh, wonderful. Right. So it's a really great cast. It's got Emma Appleton playing Maggie, who is ostensibly Dolly mm-hmm. Um, She was in The Witcher, Pistol and Traitors. She's really great in this. Belle Powley, Passing. who's from The Morning Show, The Informer, Diary of a Teenage Girl. She plays Birdie. Yeah, I remember she's, morning, she's
1: British in the morning show. I remember she's having an affair with one of the, the weathermen or something. Yeah. She, Why isn't yeah. the morning show good? Why isn't that a good show? I don't What's
0: know. What's wrong the with that show? The season was quite Was brief. it?
1: Anyway, sorry, girl. Can on. I continue? Yes, I'm sorry. All
0: right. So she's really great. And I saw an interview with Belle Poli where she was saying she was terrified she could never say Jennifer Annis' name because she was constantly going to say Rachel. <laughs> all the time and had to keep it quiet, <laughs> um, but she's really sweet and lovely in this. Um, Miley C U was in Alex Ryder. so she plays Nell. So there's kind of a there's four of them in this kind of flat share that are the central characters, mm-hmm. and she's very cynical and funny and grounded. She plays a teacher in this. Okay, and then also the fourth in the the four. So the fourth girl is played by Alea. Are you gonna leave Ad- that
1: bit in where you said it weirdly? No. I mean, it wasn't incorrect technically, <laughs> so but true. you said it in a very strange Collings way. Collings, please
0: take all of this out, including no, James, Collings. for this, most of the episodes. Oh,
1: come on, Collings. Please. That wouldn't, no. that would, people wouldn't like that, I think. Oh, anyway. I hope.
0: Alea Adofin is playing Amara, um, who is a dancer but kind of quite torn and is – has kind of given up her dream to work in a corporate job mm-hmm. and is secretly dreaming of going back to her dancing. And that's really interesting too, her whole storyline. So, yeah, the four of them, it's really a look particularly at the love between Emma, Appleton's character Maggie, and Bertie. Because they've been friends since high school, and there's kind of right, flashbacks right. in about it. So really, it's a it's a rom com. Do they play themselves in the past as well? No. Okay. No, they play. They no, they have kind of teenagers yep. playing them. And I think what's really interesting is even though yes, it's a rom com, there's all the bad dates and the bad sex and the grimy apartments and the parties, and it very much reminds you of that kind of like 2012 London mm. drunken parties and house you know shares and all of that messiness that happens in your 20s and it's just really nostalgic and awesome but it's really about female friendship at the heart of it and the great love story is actually between Maggie and Birdie yes. and what happens there to their friendship. And I think it's really resonant and important at this time as well because there's so many people I've spoken to who say that they've had difficult times in their friendships, particularly female friendship during the pandemic especially as well. Right, yeah, And also that's what was so loved about Sex in the City, the look at female friendship in a way that isn't frivolous because Mm. I think for so long, as we know, most media has been written by men and there's this narrative that it always has to be romantic love and I think, yes, male friendships, and this is heterosexual friendships, are of a particular ilk but I think there's something really complex and deep about female friendship that isn't always explored in this way and isn't held with the same kind of gravity that I think romantic love can be held by. And Dolly does a really great job, I think, of articulating that feeling of when you're best friends with someone and you see them every second of every day and they know everything about you and other than the fact that you don't sleep together and, you know, have that kind of vibe – When you're friends from, you know, school and in your teenage years, you're so close and you know each other so well. And then what happens when that person suddenly gets a boyfriend and then the relationship kind of completely changes almost overnight when they fall in love and suddenly – and I think this happens to guys as well and non-binary people too, I'm sure – it's the idea that that relationship and that friendship that you thought was completely pivotal to your whole life can completely – disintegrate or yeah. completely change and suddenly that what that person and the intimacy you had with that person, they're now giving to their romantic partner. Yeah, right. And it's really heartbreaking. And it's really heartbreaking to watch in this as well. It's yeah. also really fun and over the top. And I think, you know, in spots it might be a little bit self-indulgent, but overall I just, I loved it. The chemistry between the cast is really good. Nathan, who is Bertie's boyfriend, who's this very kind of nerdy, straight up and down, kind of accountant type guy, is played by Ryan Brown. And Connor Finch plays Street, who is kind of Maggie's boyfriend in this, who is a musician, and he plays it so well. That kind of horrible, but sort of heart of gold, but not really kind of guy who's built up in his head a version of himself, and he's very self-important, and he knows You know, deep things about music, and to that to that level where you have to listen to a whole album to really appreciate even the terrible songs, and you know that kind of music snobbery. Yeah, I hate it. You know, yeah. And he wears hats and like has tats and thinks he's like this particular. You know, whenever he's standing or sitting somewhere, you can tell he's seeing a vision of himself in his head. Okay, do you know what I mean? That kind of guy, and so and he's really hot and cold with her, and. She doesn't know where she stands. He kind of treats her horribly and she keeps showing up and kind of wanting him to treat her horribly. And and just the the juxtaposition between that sort of relationship and then the relationship that Birdie has with Nathan because she's so innocent and sweet and sort of, you know, quite conservative and they have this very sweet kind of love affair And it's just a very different, and they just become more and more different as that goes on. And Dolly's, well, it's not Dolly really; Maggie's the central character, but her drinking and partying is becoming more and more problematic. Clearly, and that's kind of what comes through in the book that in your twenties, initially, it's, it's totally fine to be like partying every night and hungover all the time and taking, you know, drugs and whatever else you're doing, and that is okay to be kind of charismatic and messy. But what happens when that starts to carry later into your 20s and then you're approaching 30 and that dynamic changes and when your friends also change, yeah, that's really interesting to watch too. So anyway, I'm just really enjoying it and it's a real escapism and it's a celebration of millennial female friendship I think and I loved it.
1: You love a celebration.
0: I do. I oh, do love a celebration. I love a
1: celebration right here, Claire. I don't know if uh, a bit of news counts as oh. something uh, that you can. bring It does. To oh, actually, I've,
0: can I say one more thing?
1: You can say. One
0: more thing. I will allow it. <laughs> All right. Just one. So I wanted to say as well, it's made by a working title in the BBC and it's directed by China Moo Young. Now, she's really exciting as a rising English director working in television. She graduated from Bristol University's film theater and TV program and she regularly does commercials and music videos. She's also um, directed an episode of Pennyworth and
1: – Oh, the a- – Alfred Pennyworth prequel series? Yeah. Yeah, that Bruce yeah, Wayne I know what book, it is.
0: Batman-inspired yeah. spin-off. Yeah. yeah, you might find that interesting. And multiple episodes of The Rook, a supernatural spy drama. So she ha- really has not done that much. She's, she's also directed a couple of episodes of Call of the Midwife and Secret Diary of a Core Girl and Scott and Bailey. But they're small kind of things. So to take on a whole series in this way with the BBC, I think it's really exciting that they've um, given this opportunity to her and she smashed it i think she's done a really excellent job and you can tell dolly's kind of put her whole heart into this show too that's so awesome. just really exciting would you to, like see to see seeing, emerging female directors would you like to see more well.
1: of dolly old um, work being adapted for screen
0: totally yeah ghosts her second novel would definitely work for Ooh, screen sounds spooky. for sure
1: let's uh let's do it. let's <laughs> keep it uh let's keep it light it's Blair. actually about
0: ghosting james oh that's but, that's scary you know, Being apps, left... Yeah. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's terrifying. I've been hearing more and more about the dating scene at the moment with apps and things and my God. See, if that's I was on terrifying. the dating scene,
1: I would simply find someone to fall in love with. <laughs> what's <laughs> what's wrong with everybody?
0: Yeah, I know. The problem is, James, you'd have to find someone to fall in love with you. Oh, and their just, lives, your conundrum. You know what, you're right, actually.
1: I did actually miss a big kind of component of uh of dating just then. So maybe it would take a little bit longer than I thought. But again, I still think I'd pr- probably be really good at it. It's nice to know
0: you're humble. Nothing yeah. but humble. Yeah. What did you say before? Height and ability rarely correlate? It's true. I would agree with that.
1: <laughs> Wait, what was it? <laughs> In a good way or a bad way?
0: Uh well, what, what are we saying? Height and ability never correlates. So yeah. you so are people
1: putting their height on their um on their profiles? Is that a thing people still doing?
0: I don't know. Mm. Probably. I think so because people tend to exaggerate it, right?
1: Yeah. But like for me, I, I don't care how tall someone is, but I'm like five nine, five ten. Who knows? Maybe I'm six foot. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, but you might
1: be too short for some reason. That's what I'm saying. So I don't want to turn up and someone's like, oh. And they're like <laughs> six three. For me, I'd be like, you're giant. That's great. But uh, but I don't know whether that's something that's You're
0: giant. Is. That's great. That's my first thing.
1: You're <laughs> giant. That's great. And then I jump up and give them a kiss on the cheek. What?
0: Lovely. Okay, that's anyways. So sweet. All right, cool. Well, it's good to know,
1: James. So I don't know if you know tips this. On dating. This is why uh, Michael Patrick King, uh, director and creator of Sex in the City and Just Like That, he was speaking to Variety. Oh, and he was asked he whether Samantha would be returning. For season two, or uh, specifically, still be texting now. For people who don't know, we did a Sex in the City recap podcast for that, and just like that, we watched just get uh, initially like this is better than we thought it would be. By the end, go boo, we hate this now, <laughs> uh, which is how all fandom is. But anyway, we had an ongoing debate about whether Samantha would return. It was called Samantha speculation. All the episodes are there if you are interested. Uh, we'll probably come back and do season two, I'd imagine, next year. I think it's filming in, like, October. But, Claire, uh-huh. you were adamant that she was not going to come back. And I was saying there was a chance that she would. It turns out that he said, it's also new right now. One of my big rules is don't tell things until they're they're real. My goal is to bring all the characters into the mix together so that they're not so much on separate runways.
0: Let's what be, does this
1: mean though? Claire? It doesn't
0: okay. So get you get your knickers in a little twist. You showed me this the other day, like you were some smuggy smuggersons. May That's I so remind smug. you, he has not said that Kim Cattrall will be in exactly. the TV show. Yeah. And he has not even actually said that Samantha will actually be on screen either. All he was asked about was the text messages, and of course, she will play a role in the TV series in the way that she has been already off screen and texting and all the things. I think they did that. That was one of the things I actually got right. The text messages you would believe they were from Samantha. Yep. So I just don't understand why you're feeling smug at all. I'm I not don't feeling think smug. Any where? any indication no, 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 that no, no, King no, McTrall no, no. will be anywhere near this? In fact, Kim McTrall has come out and done all of this press and all these speeches about the power of saying no. We've been down this road, right. rising up. No, but it's literally in the last two weeks. Like yep. she's come out. To talk about it and about how the power of saying no and how there's you know nothing left for her in that character and she didn't want to go backwards in her career and yeah 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 I will bet my bottomest dollar that well, we she is income, never so. going to be on the Sex and the City TV series Sex in the mm. City TV series I bet my bottom dollar my last one my well, bottom dollar
1: I think there's a very good chance that you are correct again I think it's a minor chance but money. Talks Claire. No, you money. don't think
0: money would have already talked. Money the problem is we'll
1: continue to talk. Sarah Claire.
0: Jessica Parker will always be paid more than Kim. It doesn't. No, have...
1: not at this point. I don't think. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No.
0: Contractually, it's it's. Written I mean, in d- stone. because she's
1: also a producer, etc., and so forth. Probably mm. yes,
0: but Thank I'm you. saying for the amount of if she comes back, no, no, she will not come back, and she will want she would want to be paid equivalent. To Sarah Jessica Parker, and she will not be. And she just won't. It's it's contractually done. And look, I don't know whether it's actually right that I think Sarah Jessica Parker probably should have just acquiesced. I mean, they have so much money. Just bloody make it all equal, like the friends, you know, cast did. I think that would have made sense. However, Sarah Jessica Parker does sell sex in the city and she's a producer That's and she's done so much extra saying, yeah. behind the scenes. I agree. So I but but Kim Catral. Will like that's not part of it. She just wants the same amount and she's not going to get it. Okay, so I and I just don't think they could feasibly. They could none. be like, We'll no. give you
1: four million dollars to do, like, don't you think eight if they
0: wanted to, they would have already. They have a bottomless pit of money, they would have if they they would have offered her.
1: It's a bottomless bit of money, things. but they you weigh it up. You do, it's like there's a there's a graph in Hollywood, it's called the Hollywood Graph, and it's pronounced like that. It's great to As, have an expert in here. It is, isn't it? It's when did a we correlation. Say
0: knowledge correlate? Yes,
1: that's right. <laughs> so, basically, if they believe that they can get value about paying her a certain amount of money, they can receive that money in HBO Max sub- subscriptions and then you know v- selling it to various platforms around the world. Uh-huh. And she's willing to come back. That that number can be quite high uh-huh. because they will still make profit on it. I'm saying all I'm saying is it's possible, Claire. That is all I'm saying. Right. No. Nah.
0: Nah. All right. Sa- Samantha's speculation. You've been saying that the is whole what I say. time. All right. What's what's your next thing? That was the music for Claire's right. You were very into that. <laughs> Can I just press that button now whenever I'm gonna be right?
1: Sure. And I'll press this I button. I will
0: dance. When around. you're wrong. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize that did a little laughy thing. A little laugh thing. All right. That.
1: Anyway, what's your I actually had a real one, but what's your what's your thing?
0: Oh, okay. Great. Well, I do have a real one. Can I just go on with mine? Yeah. All right. Excellent. Uh, so I'm all thrown. Why am I thrown? Don't know. Don't know. It was the laugh track. Really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, it's been sitting there for so many years and I've never. I shouldn't known. have told you that. I know. Anyway, distracted. And I want to know what the, all the other buttons do now. You can can I do just it test after it's
1: fine. Yeah. Here we go.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, the what was. Okay. A good one. Oh, drumsticks. Drumsticks. Oh, that's so spooky. It's okay. So loud. Oh, that's nice. Peaceful.
1: No, it's crickets. It's like, bad joke. It's cricket.
0: Oh, <laughs> I thought it was birds. Okay, last one. Oh.
1: These are pre programmed
0: love that.
1: Anyway.
0: How have I not known about this? I, you are lucky listeners, I've never known.
1: We should swap sides. Those of the
0: colleagues. <laughs> we should. Yeah. All right.
1: Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush.
0: Back to it. Okay, so actually I have a really cool recommendation this week um, for my second one as well. I'm excited. It's a book. It's coming out in July, so coming out very soon. It's called The Registrar by Dr. Neela Janakiramanan and she is an incredible surgeon who fixes hands and wrists. So she's a reconstructive plastic surgeon. She also works um, removing skin cancers as well. okay, cool. But aside from that in her sort of illustrious career doing that, she is also an advocate. So she advocates for social justice across the medical profession in Australia and she was really instrumental in getting the Medivac bill passed. So I don't know if you remember this, but we have horrible, horrible detention centres here for refugees and our system is awful. And so there were a lot of asylum seekers who were becoming – very sick on the islands where yeah. our detention sensors are and not being able to receive adequate medical treatment over there and the doctors were really concerned that they were going to die basically. Yeah. And the Australian government had a really hard line and said they wouldn't bring them to the mainland for medical treatment. Anyway, Neela and a team of other medical professionals encouraged doctors all around Australia to write letters to their MPs and local members um, encouraging them to support this bill. And with all of that community groundswell, there were thousands and thousands of letters written, the the bill was passed and those asylum seekers were allowed to receive medical treatment on the mainland. Incredible. Which was really amazing. So that's part of the advocacy that she does. She's also been across our media a lot during COVID, giving people up-to-date information and also advocating for better medical care and better support within the system. So she's just a really incredible advocate and person. And as well as all of that, she also happens to be a really great author. Ah. So this book is a fictional story about a new registrar called Emma Swan. So dedicated and ambitious, Emma Swan is about to start a grueling year as a surgical registrar at the prestigious Mount Teaching Hospital and she's excited to join her adored older brother Andy pursuing the same career as their father who was an eminent surgeon who made his name at that hospital, the Mount but the pressure of living up to his distinguished reputation is nothing compared with the escalating stress Emma experiences as a registrar. It's an arduous, unremitting slog of 20-hour days, punishing schedules, life and death decisions, and very little assistance, instructional support from her superiors, who waste no time pointing out just how superior they are. Amidst a background Culture of humiliation and bullying, being a woman just making things worse. So, misogyny seems to be rife as well as racism within the, the medical, medical profession. Yeah. yeah, and particularly in hospitals. It's a deep look, and it's clever that Neela has done it in a fictionalized way it's a deep look at the problems in our medical system inherent in our hospitals mm. and the way that there isn't people caring for the people who care for us so the nurses yes. and the doctors the hierarchy particularly in surgery the way that senior surgeons speak to the people under them it's awful it's sort of like it's a
1: really toxic environment like from yeah. we a few people who are doctors nurses and whatever and yeah. it's they, it's awful. It sounds awful.
0: I know. And it, they have this kind of philosophy of particularly in surgery, they'll break you to make you. And if they break you, that means that you just aren't, aren't not cut, cut out, out for it. 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 Correct. Exactly. And Which so, is
1: ridiculous because don't you want people who are like compassionate and want to, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You want people who are compassionate and empathetic. I mm. mean, I guess part of what Neela talks about, because I interview her for Tonts and this that episode is coming out on Friday. Um, so it's clever that she's done it in this way because it's not a memoir. It's not based on her own lived ex- like experiences in her personal life. Yeah, but it is based on overall broadly her experience and knowledge of stories from her colleagues. And from life in a hospital. So she's able to make criticisms and critiques of fictional characters that clearly parallel things that are happening in the real world. Yeah. The reason she wrote it, and I didn't realise this as well, was because a friend of hers, a medical doctor, killed herself from suicide. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. and she said, I hadn't realised, but it's actually quite common yeah, in the right. medical you know, profession within hospital settings because part of the problem is they're underfunded and understaffed. Yeah. And the population has grown so much. Yeah. So they're just divide. There's just not enough doctors and nurses for the amount of patients that there are. And so the system seems to just keep spreading them thinner and thinner. And then when that happens, mistakes happen, accidents happen, things are missed and people, you know, we're dealing with life and death here. So it's – um. Anyway, um, it sounds like a very dark book, but it's actually very racy. It reads a little bit like a psychological thriller oh, cool, in some okay. parts. It's got some very saucy sex scenes in it Ooh. too. It's also about the relationship between a senior surgeon and Emma herself Ooh. and kind of how that plays out. And she does a really good job of writing what happens when there's sort of a power imbalance and the gray areas around those kind of relationships and how senior figures can take advantage of women. And she said that was sort of inspired also by the events that have been happening in Parliament House as well and in other industries too where there's a clear age gap and a power dynamic where the powerful person has the ability to lift that person up and give them career opportunities. And it's just very, you know, fraught. It's a really excellent book. I highly recommend it. It's called The Registrar and it's coming out in I'm July. looking
1: forward to your uh, your interview, Claire, if anything. I mean the book sounds amazing but it sounds like this woman would be worth listening to an interview for. Oh,
0: she's fascinating. All the stuff we talked a lot about, the history too of hospital settings and the patriarchy yeah. and how medicine has changed over time. There's almost – there's like 51% of graduates now are women but the way that the system has been set up over time was completely patriarchal. So mm. there's some really interesting things that Nila talks about in that context as well. And she's just a really incredibly articulate, fascinating person. She's one of those people that can just seemingly do everything. She's now decided she wants to write a murder mystery. Oh, So that's okay. what she's doing. Does she know of a
1: real-life murder <laughs> just she's her, basing it on?
0: No. But wouldn't mm. that be interesting? She's got three kids as well, which is really interesting. We have three kids. No, Yeah, I have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> For a minute I was like, I'm just going to leave this on. This feels quite nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you never get the immediate feedback in a podcast, which is why when you, if you've ever done one live, it's like feedback is very upsetting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we should do a live one, but you hate doing live
1: things. I do, and I don't want to. Anyways, Claire, uh, <laughs> do right. you know what something people can do for no, us? No, I don't. It's they can actually review the show. I know. It's the easiest thing in the oh, – so you do know. So it's the, it's, it's, you can just do it in an <laughs> app. This is from Mr. Loiter who says, that ending – is a five-star review, by the way. Just in app. So easy. Whatever app you're on. The best part of each episode is when Claire looks lovingly into James' eyes and says, you know, you could come over to Taunt's with me. But then they both see the light in the sky and a glowing image of Nick Mason's face, to face against the clouds. And she says, I forgot, you're already taken. Then they ride off in their separate ways. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's very true. Like it's very poignant. And, uh, and thank you for the review, Mr. Loiter. Who's obviously been loitering around the review section of our podcast? He has
0: loitering around. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that review, but it seemed he's
1: saying that basically we should do a podcast together on tons or whatever. But ah. I'm already, I'm already, I'm, I'm tied to Nick Mason, and there's a Nick Mason signal in the sky like a bat symbol, but it's ah, Nick Mason's face. I
0: see. Oh, yeah. Mason, he's so lovely.
1: Yeah, why don't you marry him then, Claire? I'm
0: already married to you. Oh
1: yeah. Anyway, keep going. All right, okay, now. so
0: I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago we had a little conversation about a sperm race. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? I
1: do very much Okay,
0: so, so a lo- lovely Olivia has written in to us. Hello, James and Claire. My name is Olivia and I am a nurse. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> An no. An actual expert. Oh, no. It's almost like we didn't know what we were talking about. I wanted to let you know your numbers were correct on your last podcast. Fuck yeah. Woo! The average ejaculation has <laughs> 150 to 500 million sperm. That's
1: crazy. That
0: is crazy. That's what I'm talking about the sperm
1: race. It's crazy. It's so crazy.
0: I know. Many are not viable, though, and act mostly as characters. Characters? Characters. characters. Carriers for the healthy sperm. Little known fact, the first sperm to reach the egg is not the one to fertilize it. <gasps> this is what we didn't know. Why is that? The first sperms to reach the egg actually bag up against it. I think she means bag. bang up against it. Bag up bang, against
1: it. Yeah. They bag it out. <laughs> oh, let me in. Let me in. I'm a person.
0: So they bang up against it to weaken the wall so that the strong sperm can get through. Oh,
1: no wow. So way. it's like a team effort. Oh, my God. So
0: weird. So... I wonder if that means because our whole argument was based around if you knocked someone over, if it would be a different sperm. And so
1: basically, they kill it away, and then like the strongest sperm comes in, like, bum, 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 Clear the way, it away, he comes in, and he's wearing like a cool high school football jacket. <laughs> bum, 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 bum.
0: I don't know if that's your time. Everyone's high fiving
1: <laughs> with their little tails.
0: Come on in, buddy. Yeah. In you come. Anyway, what's next? All right, so she said. Yeah, so we the water so that the strong sperm can get through. It's kind of crazy to think about how when an egg is fertilized, the smallest cell in the human body combines with the largest cell to make a whole new being oh, that wow. is completely unique to itself. I didn't know that. I know. Smallest I really, and largest, really. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. There you go. I really enjoyed listening to your podcast. Thank you for sharing yourselves, Olivia. P.S. My husband is a longtime fan and got me hooked to your podcast by making me listen to like three in a row while I was trapped in the car on a road chip. Nice work. I know, I like your husband. I, I like your so. husband's style, Olivia, and I like you. Thank you for your medically accurate descriptions of the strong sperm. Of course,
1: we don't know whether any of that is true. No, well, that's we true. appreciate it regardless. <laughs>
0: Sounds more true than us. Than yeah, that. I can confirm it. I can confirm it. All right. <laughs> uh, what else? Claire? Is that the show? That's oh, the show? thank you as always to Royal Collins for editing this He's done it episode. Again. He's done it again. We are on suggestible pod on the socials at suggestible pod Who's on Instagram. Do on the socials? They do themselves. No, Maisie does. The, oh my god, the is that true? Maisie. she does. She does an excellent job over there. Uh, so go over there and have follow follow us. If you like this show, please go follow us on Instagram because uh, Maisie's doing such a great job over there. And I agree. We really, you know, we want to get. More people over there. Also, she. if you, as we have decided, start again, if you sometimes don't remember what we talked Collins, about. just
1: leave that in. Leave that bit from <laughs> no. a clever. mistake. No, you can't take this <laughs> so out because annoying. then this will not
0: make sense. Shut up. <laughs> but no, don't shut up. That's rude. As my son said the other day, it's rude to say it shut up. It is rude to say shut it up. It is. Mm. Um, He'll say stupid a rude word. I said, yes.
1: Depends There are no
0: say. other ones.
1: So you can be like, you stupid prick. That's quite rude. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go
0: on. (laughs) Great, that could be rude. What was I saying now? Oh, yes, Instagram. So Maisie does an amazing job over there and she always does a summary of everything we talk about too all the way over there. And she has like little memes and funny videos connected to the show. So if you like the show, please go follow us on Instagram. at like pod. I like it too. And it's Mm -hmm. just really fun. You can comment as well and like have a little chat about the things that you've watched or not watched and Make recommendations. You can send us recommendations to just for pod at gmail.com, just like Olivia has. If you too have some sperm related facts for us, mm, what else you got? And want to dispute James's medical knowledge around the the dude, the little mm. sperm wearing mm. the strongest sperm wearing the footy Better jacket. Not. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. And uh, I also do another podcast called Taunts that comes out every Friday, usually. And uh, yeah. Um, that's it. That's it. That's it from me this week. Cool, man. That's it from you too. Thank God. Bye. Bye.
1: Oh, It's good to end on a little bit of magic, oh. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50